Welcome back, fellow business building warrior. This is your friend, Jim, and we're going to talk about a very interesting topic today. Now, you may not think that this is a business topic when you read the title, but it most certainly is, and we're going to dive into it just a little bit. Now, the reason I'm doing this isn't because it popped into my head randomly, but there was a post on Facebook in our My Silent Team Facebook group, right? We're coming up on about 40,000 members there. It's a very active group. It's all online, internet-based, business-building warriors like you and me hanging out from around the world. There's about 40,000 of us. It's crazy. And when you think of that number, I know it sounds large, but it's even bigger when you consider it this, this way. We don't let just anyone into that group. You may not realize it, but for the past several months, everyone who's joined that free Facebook group has been asked a series of three questions, and if they don't respond appropriately or correctly, they're not let into the group. So for every 1,500 people or so that want to come in, we only let in about 900 of them. That's about the, the average. So almost 40% or so, I'm doing the math real quick in my head, You know, they don't get in. So we're letting in just a small trickle of people per day who are taking the time to answer our questions and answering them properly. Well, I made a post in that Facebook group and it took off. It was very much a topic of debate and discussion and people were interested. And I've got to say that based on my rough estimation, about 80% of everyone agreed with my take on this issue. And I'm fine with people disagreeing, by the way. It doesn't matter to me in the slightest If I ever find myself surrounded by people who only agree with me, then I'm not leading a very effective life. I mean, I love open discussion and honest discussion. Facebook isn't always the best place for some topics. Sitting down in person to person is the best place for many of the more controversial things that we encounter on Facebook, but that's a separate message. But this topic was very interesting and somewhat entertaining, and we had a really good conversation. And of course, if you've read the title of today's episode, you know that the topic is profanity. Yeah, profanity in business. Now, if you haven't noticed yet, this is a kid-safe podcast. And what I mean is you can grow your business with your kids right next to you while listening to this podcast and doing what you do with your daily life. I know you're in your car, you're driving, you're picking your kids up from kindergarten or dropping them off for tennis lessons, and you're doing life while you're learning. Congratulations. I mean, that's how us as business building warriors, that's how we live every day, right? We're living life and doing our business thing. It all intermingles. We don't separate it out into these little individual pockets. It's all mashed in together. And it's a beautiful thing. It's one of the best parts of having an internet-based business is you can mash it all together. Well, my premise is for the show and for that post that I made on Facebook that everybody got so engaged with, my premise is this. I personally tend to not consume content from those who use profanity regularly as part of their delivery. I just don't. And I have some really good reasons for it. And I already hinted at one of the reasons, but I'm going to talk about some more reasons. And I'm going to talk a little bit about a room full of teenage boys that I had at my house recently when we discussed this very topic of profanity. I mean, come on, at its base, those of us who don't use profanity, I've got a tough question for you. What is it that's so bad about some sounds and some words that we make while other words are okay. I mean, where do you draw that line? Come on. I mean, 
isn't it a little silly to say, well, that sound made in that way is wrong, whereas this sound over here made in this way, well, that's okay. I mean, who gets to decide? And in different countries and in different languages, different sounds are okay. And over here, different words put together a different way, they're not okay. And culturally, you know, where are those silly lines you're trying to draw? So I understand people who come at it from that perspective. But you know what? I've got a great answer to that question today. Because like I said, I sat down in a room full of teenage boys at our house. We have a Thursday night Bible study and we get together. And one of the topics one night, I studied quite a bit for this, was the topic of profanity. Is it okay? If it's not okay, why isn't it okay? Can someone explain to me, please? So I started off the exercise the same way I'll start throwing it out there to you guys on this podcast today. What's so wrong? I mean, think through. I don't want you to say them out loud, especially if your kids are around, right? But just think through your head some of the profanity words that you've heard. If you think through all of them and the words that we consider bad words, they fit into three very distinct categories. And I bet you've never thought of it this way before, but we're going to dive into what those categories are and why the premise of this show, why I would say profanity does not belong in business. And I would argue it doesn't belong in your life at all, but I'm not here to make moral judgments on the way that you talk and act and live. Of course, that's not my role here as Silent Jim, the internet business building warrior. Hey, I'm just here to help you out as best I can. Take the advice or leave it. Doesn't matter to me. But let's go through my list of reasons why I don't listen to profanity. Then we'll talk about those three categories that profanity fits into that might help you understand a little bit about where I'm coming from. So here's the deal. When I'm listening to business podcasts or consuming audio content of any kind, it's quite frequent. Actually, it's very unusual that my kids wouldn't be around. The vast majority of the time when I've got something playing audio-wise, it's going out where anyone who comes near me can hear it. I'm either in the car, I'm with my kids, my kids can come into my office anytime. We've got five kids, right? We've got a little girl and four boys. You've seen some of them on the podcast before and seen pictures if you're in the Facebook group. Like, I don't want them walking in and hearing that stuff. Now, maybe in your family, that's fine. My family, it's not. And I can tell you this, even the people who use profanity the most tend to tone it down when they're around little kids, right? I mean, do you know anybody who's just so, you know, some people would say, oh, he's so authentic. That's not the word I would use. They just, they don't care. They could be around a a classroom full of three-year-old kids and they would just curse and curse and curse and profanity as much as they wanted to. You know, I don't know anyone like that. Maybe you do. Most people tend to tone it down around kids. Well, if that's the case, then one of my kids are around. I don't want that stuff around. That's the reason I don't listen to audio content from people who use profanity a lot. I don't listen to those podcasts. I just don't. I figure I'll get that content somewhere else because I don't want my kids exposed to it. So the thing I'm thinking is if someone's going to use profanity as part of their audio presentation, they must be thinking either consciously or subconsciously, or maybe they're doing it on accident. I don't know, but they're thinking their, their message is, Hey, you out there with kids who are trying to use my content to build your business. I don't care. I could care less that your kid is in the room with you when you listen to my podcast. That's the message they're sending, is it not? I mean, it's very clear. I don't care that your three-year-old is on your lap when you consume my audio content. That's irrelevant to me. That's your problem, not mine. Because this is how I am. I'm going to be authentic. And we'll talk about being authentic here, too. Our culture has elevated that word to mean something that it definitely doesn't mean. So I would 
have the premise. Here's the, here's the point that I made in my Facebook post. Okay. The presenter doesn't understand the role of professionalism in business dealings. You know, there's a lot of us out here. And, and this was, it was kind of an impromptu poll, this post that I made about using profanity in business. But the vast majority of respondents in our community said, yeah, I kind of agree, Jim. Profanity is unprofessional. I think less of someone when I hear them using profanity, especially in a business setting. I would say the vast majority of the people in our community, I would say around 80% of the respondents felt that way. Now, I know you may not feel that way. That's fine. Maybe it doesn't phase you one bit. That's cool. I'm just letting you know that about, based on our group, about 70 to 80% of us, when we hear it, we think, ah, gosh, that's not very professional. It doesn't advance our trust in the presenter. If anything, it hurts it. You've got another mountain to climb to convince us that you're somebody worth following if profanity is part of your message. It just makes it harder. Am I saying you won't succeed? Of course not. I mean, that's what some people responded in our post by saying, hey, I could list off business leaders from around the world right now who are succeeding and they use profanity. And my question is, would they have more success or less success if they dropped profanity from their delivery? I can't imagine. I mean, I, I was, I'm, this is an honest question now. Have you ever sat through a presentation, a compelling informational business session? You're like, wow, that was really good. But you know what would have made it better? Just a bunch of profanity. That would have just been awesome. Then it would have been over the top. Beautiful. I mean, maybe you think that way. I don't know many people who think that way. I think you can be very eloquent and you can deliver a powerful message without profanity. And in fact, you eliminate the risk of putting off and pushing away a large portion of our culture if you eliminate profanity from your delivery. So it, it can be interpreted as a lack of professionalism by many of us. Now, that may not be your opinion, but it is the opinion of many, many people. So it also tells me something else about the presenter. It tells me that they lack an understanding that many of us have no interest in having our thoughts drift towards the topics behind profane words. And remember, I told you there's three distinct categories. We'll get into those categories in just a moment. And keep in mind now, this isn't about me being insulted or being hurt some way or having to run out of the room covering my ears. No, it, that's not what we're talking about. If that's your impression of people who don't use profanity, that's not it at all. I love free speech, man. I think it's a beautiful thing. doesn't mean I have to listen to everything everybody has to say, but if it ever becomes illegal to use certain words, that's scary, guys. I'm not talking about that kind of stuff at all. I mean, that's not where we're going with this. You should have the right to say whatever you want, whenever you want, but those of us who are hearing you are going to place certain judgments on you. So I think th this is a good time to introduce the three categories that all curse words fall into. And if you've never thought about it this way, I think you're going to find this part particularly interesting. If you think through the curse words that you've heard in your life and all the ones that if your mom was there, you wouldn't say them because she would give you that look. You remember that look like, no, no, you're not allowed to say that at our dinner table. You know, those words, they all fit into one of three categories. The first one is stuff that we do in the bathroom right? In the privacy of a restroom. There's stuff that we do as humans in the privacy of a bathroom. And there's things related to that that go into the curse word category. Next is things we do in the privacy of our own bedroom. Intimacy of a marriage. 
is particularly where they might occur in the most healthy way. And that is the second category. So those things, and again, this is a kid-friendly podcast, guys. Don't make me spell it out. All right, so now you've got those that category. And then you've got the third category. If you haven't figured it out yet, I'll spell it out for you. It's referencing God or the spiritual things in some kind of demeaning nature towards God and spiritual things. It's kind of uh, eliminating the importance or uh, eliminating the significance of God, who he is, things of God, that sort of thing, right? So you've got those three categories. I mean, seriously, try to think up a curse word culturally, and this goes across all cultures, by the way. So in any given culture, the curse words fall into one of those three categories. All right, so here's what's interesting about those three categories. You may be saying, so what, Jim? Okay, yeah, that's what curse words are. Well, here's where it gets interesting to me. You either have one of two worldviews at this point, and we're not going to dive deep into this, but again, the topic is profanity in business. I'm not drifting far from the subject here, but but this is required groundwork for us to have a healthy discussion. Okay, so we've identified the three categories. Now let's identify a foundational premise. All of us who have ever lived or ever will live have one of two viewpoints. You can divide us all into one of two categories. Some people say, well, I haven't decided yet. Well, that's kind of deciding into one of the two categories of itself. Either man is here on this planet, divinely created by a creator who intentionally did it and set it all up, or he isn't. One of the two, right? It's like there's this coin and you got to decide which side of it you're on. And refusing to flip the coin is kind of deciding uh, it's not important enough. There probably isn't a God who did all of this. So you're on one of the two sides of the coin. No judgments here. I'm just saying you either believe that there's a God who created all of this or you don't. That's it. Either someone made this stuff happen or they didn't. That's it. So those of us who are on the side of the coin that says, yeah, God did this. God set all this up. Those of us who reject the premise that once upon a time we were all a pile of goo that was struck by lightning, and that turned into, you know, incredible feats of engineering and scientific advancements and all of these incredible singers and and gifted, talented artists, you know, was all because lightning struck a puddle of goo a long time ago. You know, some of us reject that premise. I'm sorry if that sounds demeaning to your worldview. I know you you have studied it and you believe it to your heart, and we could be great friends, trust me. We can be great friends regardless of your worldview. But those of us who believe that all of this came about because a divine and inspired God touched man and set him apart from all other creation, now we can talk about profanity. Because from my vantage point, if we are truly a creature that was set apart from all other creatures, and that's a key phrase, If man is a creature set apart from all other creatures and all other creation, the way the Bible, for example, tells us he was, and the evidence is all around us that we are. I mean, try to find an advancement of any kind that is more technically, insanely inspirational and powerful and amazing. I mean, we don't even understand our own human brains yet. That's how advanced we are as a machine. Nothing in the universe comes close that we've discovered yet as far as just an advanced machine. So if that machine is divinely touched and inspired by the hand of God, if that's the case, then those things that separate us from the rest of the animal kingdom are an important distinction, are they not? For those of us with that belief system. So I'll give you an example. If a dog, let's say your pet dog, really needs to go to the bathroom and you haven't let him out, he needs to do his business, what's he going to do? 
right in front of your company and your special guests. And he doesn't care that you're having a really nice dinner with fine China using your best manners. He's under the table and he's got to go. He's going to go. Is he going to be embarrassed? No, he's not going to be embarrassed. Dogs do what dogs are going to do. It's funny when I had that room full of teenagers over at our house, right? I've got, I don't know, 20 young men in our in our living room, we're discussing this topic and right on cue, right as I was talking about dogs, how they don't care when they got to do what they got to do, they do what they got to do. One of our dogs wandered into the room and latched onto one of the boy's legs in a way that again, kid friendly show, but it had the boys rolling. And I'm just thinking, you know, dogs don't have a sense of shame. They don't have a sense of, you know, politeness and manners. They do it. And all animals are this way. When it comes to activities that involve, you know, defecation, urination, or reproductive activities, let's put it that way, they don't care. They're not thinking about the the social mores that are appropriate and inappropriate. They don't need a bathroom, right? They don't use weddings for a marriage ceremony and place significance on a marriage and a relationship. They don't have those things. Only man does. So finally, if you think about animals, they don't have an understanding of who God is and does he exist. They don't wrestle with the great questions of the universe. Animals just don't. So those things that separate us from the animals are basically what we're talking about when we're using profanity. In case you didn't follow my logic there, I'll put it this way. There's three distinct things that separate us from all other creation, from all other living creatures, if you will. There's three things. One is we like our privacy in the bathroom, right? The things that happen in the restaurant, we like our privacy when it comes to intimacy and relationship. You know, we have structure. We have ceremony around those things. We decorate our bathrooms with pretty wallpapers and nice smells and nice candles here and a hand towel. Animals don't do that, right? So those three areas that separate us from the animal kingdom are the three areas where Profanity enters. So basically, profanity is in effect saying, I'm going to act like an animal right now. Remember when your mom at the dinner table uh, would say, Stop acting like a barnyard animal? Did any of you guys have that? You know, anyone else? Like, you know, if you start eating your you start eating your mashed potatoes with your hand, you know, maybe you girls never did that. Us guys, we all tried it, right? And your mom would give you that look. It's like, no, you're, you're not going to eat your mashed Use your fork. You use your fork to eat your mashed potatoes. Animals don't do that. That's why we have table manners. That's what separates us from animals. That's what manners are. It's saying, hey, we're not just another animal. We're divinely touched and inspired by the hand of God. Those of us who believe it, that's why manners even exist. So I guess as I'm kind of bringing this one around for a landing, I would have a question for those of you who have the opposing worldview that this is all, you know, creation was a random evolutionary thing. God, there's no God involved. It just kind of happened on its own. Lightning struck a puddle of goo and out popped, you know, Picasso over time. Basically, that's your worldview. I get it. I'm not trying to demean it, but I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense. To me, it takes a whole lot more faith to go down that road. But let's just say that's it. My question for you would be, who cares? about profanity. I mean, who cares about any, if we're just another animal, table manners, any kind of uh, profanity, I don't know what justification you would use ultimately to not be profane in front of younger children. I'm not saying you are. I'm just saying, I don't know what logic you would use to say, no, I, here's the reason I don't curse in front of kids. 
you know, what's the logical leap that you have to make? And you say, well, the parents have a problem with it. That's why I don't do it. Well, why should you care if somebody has a problem with you? I mean, does a dog care if the, if the next door neighbor's dog has a problem with him when he, you know, relieves himself in a certain corner of the yard? He doesn't care. He's doesn't, he's not concerned with morals and manners and not offending others, right? So why should we as humans be? Where does that even come from? So that's just a little question for you to wrestle with as we go through the use of profanity in business. And let's talk about the topic of authenticity for just a second. You know, I was listening to some uh, Seth Godin podcast recently, and you know, I, I have the opinion now, I'll set my premise first. Authenticity is an overused, misused, poor representation of what you're really trying to say. When you give someone the compliment of saying, hey, man, he's just so authentic. Oh, he's just so authentic. I love that girl, man. She's just so authentic when she speaks. When she's in the room, man, she's telling you what she really thinks. She's authentic. It's so overused, guys. I mean, in Seth Godin's premise, I love the way he put it. I was listening to an old podcast of his, and he said, the last time any of us were truly authentic was when we were two years old and we made a mess in our diaper and we just didn't care. We kept right on playing. We didn't care who it affected, who it offended, what mess we made in the process. That was authentic. And I know of no adults who are living anything close to a successful life who can claim that level of, quote, if you could see my air quotes, authenticity, right? I mean, come on. Like, if I feel it, I'm going to do it. If I think it, I'm going to say it. If I want to go there, I'm going to go there. I don't care who says what. You know, people claim to live that way, but come on, nobody really lives that way. We are all controlling ourselves. It's one of the virtues, self-control. And I think we like to flirt with and maybe pretend in our own mind that we're turning off our self-control and just being authentic. But it's a horrible life philosophy. I mean, come on. I I remember the um, there was a series. I don't remember which uh, beer it was, but it was like say yes to anything, be up for anything, say yes to everything. It, like if you were to destroy someone's life in about two weeks, okay. But let's be generous. Let's say three months. If you want to destroy a life in three months, say yes to everything. Absolutely everything. I mean, it, find the local bar scene, go there, and say, hey, everybody, just announce out loud. I'm a guy that'll say yes to everything. And you know, you might get some, ah, some cheers from the crowd, right? But then you actually go through it and you like, you'll lose all your money. You'll ruin every relationship you've ever had. People will think you're a horrible human being. Just the say yes to everything crowd. That, but that's authentic, man. It's so authentic. It's also a way to completely destroy your finances, your relationships, any kind of spiritual uh, sensitivities that you might have out the window, gone. So, a certain level of self-control is required. So I'm not impressed by somebody who says, oh, he's so authentic. I've never been impressed. And apparently a large majority of the listeners of this podcast who hang out in our Facebook community have never been impressed by the, quote, authenticity of profanity. In fact, we see it, I personally see it as someone who is challenged to come up with eloquent ways to explain the point they're trying to make. They fall back on profanity as this default word when they try to express their point in a meaningful way and they can't quite come up with the right word. They just throw this animal instinct word in there that maybe gets a good laugh. It doesn't get a good laugh from me. I'm not impressed. 
It just doesn't impress a lot of us. So it could be holding you back in business. It really could be. I'm going to put a link to a resource in the show notes for this week. I'm going to give you a link to the Facebook discussion. I'd love to hear your thoughts. And again, it's a, it's a no profanity zone. It's a very professional arena. The My Silent Team Facebook group, we have kids in there. There's people who homeschool their kids and we've got eight, nine, 10 year old kids in there building their businesses with their parents. There's no profanity allowed in there. There's plenty of places where you can find profanity on the internet, right? Well, so this is a little place where you simply can't. And I'm going to stick in a resource for my good friend, Daniel Lappin, who did an extensive study on this topic and talks about it. And I think just did a masterful job of explaining how profanity can hurt you. He even goes into uh, the topic of those who say, well, I'll turn it on and off. And I'm around my buddies. It's okay. When I'm around professional settings, I turn it off. When I'm around kids, I turn off profanity. Well, you know what? It doesn't work that way. You may think you've turned it off, but once you become reliant on using profanity to help make your points and to be authentic, I'm just being authentic, Jim. Once you rely on that to be authentic, you come across as very uh, shallow and you're not eloquent when you try to talk. If you're used to relying on profanity to make your points, you find yourself pausing at awkward moments and catching yourself and say, oh, I almost said, oh, man, I can't believe that I almost slipped out in front of a three-year-old, right? It becomes very difficult to communicate effectively if it's a regular normal part. Now, th- there are no moral judgments happening here. And let me tell you this. If we're ever out to lunch and it's just you and me and you use profanity, it's not even going to phase me, I promise. I, in fact, I know of no one in my circle of friends and people that I respect and love and trust who would cover their ears and run out of the room if they heard profanity. I mean, that's not what it's like. It's a discipline. I don't consider myself to be authentic all the time. If if I said everything I was thinking, guys, if any of us did, if any of us just said, I'm going to be authentic and say what I'm thinking, we would destroy our lives because we think inappropriate things. We think very mean, cruel things. And then we have the self-discipline to say, no, that's not who I am. That's not who I want to be known as. I'm going to rise above that. Why not do the same thing with the words you use? That's all I'm saying. And if I haven't talked you into or out of anything today, I'm cool with that too. I just wanted to let you know why I personally don't consume content, audio content specifically, from those who use a lot of profanity. And the number one reason is, just to remind you, not because I have sensitive ears, because my kids are around. And I want to produce content that I can be proud of when my kids have grandkids. Imagine my grandkids listening to the content that I'm recording right now, today. I do this. Do you ever do that? If there's things you're saying, and this would be a question I would ask some of those who use a lot of profanity. It's like, hey, someday when you have grandkids and they're three, four, five years old, will they not be allowed to listen to some of your best messages, some of the best lessons that you gave in front of large audiences who stood cheering at the end, perhaps? But gosh, really? You're okay with your three-year-old hearing all that. So you're okay with him going out in the playground with her other buddies and dropping that kind of language. You're cool with that. I mean, it's a legitimate question, is it not? So what kind of impression are you leaving on people with the words you choose? Now, hopefully this was an interesting lesson for you today. This was an interesting topic for you today. Jump over. You're going to see into the show notes at silentgym.com. You're going to see a link to the Facebook group 
and the particular discussion that we had, and you'll see where most people were very favorable on this type of topic on the post that I made. And there was some disagreement. It was a fun discussion. You'll also see a resource from my friend, Daniel Lappin, who dove into this topic in in depth from a very, uh, I would say a scientific vantage point and talked about the effect that profanity has on you personally, and yes, spiritually and financially and socially. And again, I know there's some people out there who with a lot of success who use profanity frequently. My question is, could they not be more successful if had they not offended that many people along the way who decided, "Ah, I don't think I'm going to work with that guy. I've never had anyone say they weren't going to work with me because I don't use enough profanity. However, I've heard many people say, I'll never work with that guy over there. Man, he just... There's just too much profanity around that guy. I, I can't be in that environment. I, I choose not to be. That's what it is. So hopefully no one's insulted. Hey, we're still friends, right? And I know many of you today, you're like, oh, dude, Jim, that resonated. I love this type of stuff. I want to hear from you because I'm not going to do this very often unless I hear from you guys and you leave me reviews and you send us feedback. Jump over to silentjim.com slash podcast, or just go to silentgym.com. You'll find the buttons. It's easy. And leave us some feedback. Let me know what you thought of today's show. I would love to hear from you, even if this is months and months old, because typically every episode we've done so far has been a very business-related topic. And while I would argue this is a business topic, many of the listeners might not think so. So I can promise you I'm not going to do this very often at all. Like it's been, what, 80-some episodes at this point, probably. This is the first time I've done this. Episode zero went into some spiritual issues as well. But you got to keep this in mind. And I'm going to wrap up here. you got to keep this in mind. To me, spirituality and business are intertwined in such a way that I can't possibly separate them. It's impossible for me. In fact, the business principles that I use every day to grow my business and my team as well Brett and Nathan, we would all agree the greatest business book ever written is the Bible. So it's really hard for us to separate spiritual issues from business and financial issues because that's the greatest business book ever written, the Bible. Go back and listen to episode zero if you haven't yet. I dive into that topic and you can hear me explain a little bit of why I believe that is true. All right, I'm going to wrap it up right here. Hopefully this wasn't too controversial. And like I said, we can still be friends. I don't care. Your worldview is irrelevant to me. If you're trying to build a business, I think you are awesome. And we could be great friends because we have something very special and significant in common. And that's this. We love serving others. That's what a business is. You serve other people and you get rewards for it. It's a beautiful thing. So let's keep doing that together. Even if you think I'm a nut job on the topic of profanity, I'm totally cool with that. Trust me, a lot of people think I'm a nut job. Even my own wife thinks I'm nuts many days, right? Just ask her, right? That's what a beautiful marriage is. You stay with that person that you think is just a little nuts sometimes, but that's what keeps it interesting, right? Well, hey, God bless you, business building warrior. I love doing this if you can't tell. This was a lot of fun for me today. I'm hoping that you get back to me and say, hey, yeah, Jim, do more of that kind of thing. That was cool. I'd love to hear that. But if you didn't think it was cool, I won't do this very often. We'll stick to the business topics, all right? Hey, have a great rest of your day. I'm in your corner, business building warrior. This is Jim with Silent Sales Machine Radio. I'll talk to you real soon. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit SilentJim.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.